Welcome to the Failed Podcast. In this podcast, we dive into the world of failure, exploring the stories and experiences of people who have failed and found success in unexpected ways. Each episode, we invite guests from various fields and backgrounds to share their personal story of failure, discussing how they coped with setbacks, what they learned from their experiences, and how they ultimately turned failure into success. Through these conversations, we hope to inspire and motivate listeners to embrace failure as an essential part of the learning process and to view setbacks as an opportunity for growth and personal development. So join us as we explore the ups and downs of the human experience and discover the power of embracing failure. I am your host and you're listening to The Failed Podcast. Boom, and I do a hard cut. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. Welcome to the Field Podcast. Thank you for being here with us. Thank I you. will turn that down until we need it. No, that's not the right one. It's it's that one right there. Nice. So, dude, thank you for coming on, man. We're so excited. Everyone is tuning in. Thank you for your support. Thank you for watching. You know how we do it here at the Field Podcast. We love to share um, it sounds weird, but we want a positive message, but we go through kind of like a bumpy aspect from it. Like we, we hit it from failure and challenges. Everyone goes through them. We learn so much. And I, I met Jay Boy. Welcome Thank to the you. Failed Podcast the other day. He just dropped the album and he's been on. What what local podcast have you done? I have done the Funky Panther and Funky Panther. Uh, Forever Reckless. And Forever Reckless. I saw you on the Funky Panther and then I ran into you at an event and you were so nice to me. You you we've talked we talked for a little bit. I know that you were probably busy and I kinda was like asking some deep questions, but you know, you were open to it and so I appreciate that. And uh, it just, I just got it in me to say, let me invite him on the Field Podcast after listening to your album. And also, I will plug his album in the in the show notes. And so you just got to click there. Jay Boy, he is um, everywhere. He's on Instagram. You're on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find music, wherever you're listening to your music on Instagram. It's at underscore J-A-E. B-O-Y underscore. And from there, you pretty much linked up to everything that you're doing, right? Yes, yes. And so, here we go. Thank you for coming on. We're going to ex kind of explore your life, what you've been through. Tell me a little bit about where you grew up, how you grew up. Because hearing your album, it's funny because when I interview most people, they don't have an album. But when they do, it's almost like a journal into that that person's life so i kind of don't know you but i kind of know you and now got to figure out what motivated some of your songs they're a bit heavy weighted there's some deep subjects some hard subjects in there that would make one think like man that what did he go through um but something good has come out of it it seems that you're you know uh, pursuing this artistic avenue to express yourself and so i love that and so tell me a little bit about how you grew up, a little bit about your past, and then after that, we'll just keep going down your life journey. Oh, perfect. First off, thank you for having me on. Uh, it is absolute pleasure. And yeah, basically, I grew up in a place called Blue Ridge, Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to say East Texas, um, specifically. It's a very small town, very country. Um, grew up right next to the post office in Town Square. And I had a decent-sized house. Yeah. It wasn't the best. It wasn't like all the suburban 
uh, living houses, but uh, it was it was enough to grow up in sort of a nice environment. And then as life kind of went on, as I got a little older, I kind of saw the cracks form when it came down to my parents, what made them tick when it came down to alcoholism, which I talk about a lot on the album. Mm-hmm. And it spiraled out of control. Yeah. And um, at nine, I'd actually saw like my first real piece of just confrontation just due to alcoholism yeah and through just addiction i don't know what else was going on now let let me stop you there at nine you had your you said a first confrontation when it when it comes to alcohol when did you realize that that's what you saw because and the only reason i ask is there are people going through this right now and and they're so used to it that you don't even see it until later in life and you're like "Ah, that's what was going on when did you get enlightened and realize that that wasn't normal yeah it was well with me going to school uh having to talk about it with counselors and obviously them knowing there's not something completely right going on and i've just basically told them basically what happened they're like well just want you to know that is definitely not normal in a household like um basically just giving me the steps to try and cope with it yeah and ultimately it developed into anxiety that i was doing something wrong and that ultimate it's what that fear in a kid has mm. it's just like it, this is probably my doing for whatever reason. blame the blame just game. it's the it's the horrible blame game that you have and you, you even earlier on i didn't know why yeah, it yeah. was just i it was probably has something to do with me but well what's funny is this like okay so when people go through things like that mm-hmm. they they tend to be so ashamed of it that they suppress it and hide it in all the darkness and struggles that they have no one will ever see it and you have done the opposite now it took a while from whenever you went through all those things to releasing this album but you have chosen to share a little bit of like the damage that it did but also the motivation that it caused so when did you step out of like being ashamed of it to, to being okay with it and sharing it or starting to write about it. When did that happen? Um, oh, sorry. Think it through. Yeah. The reason I'm saying it, so for like people watching right now, it's like you wonder, it almost looks like everyone around us is perfect because people don't share or talk about failures and challenges. And so we get this false sense of what the world is. And so that's my goal here is to kind of crack that egg and say, you know, there's some stuff inside. There's some stuff that's going on. And your example is great for people to take note of, of what uh, how that transition happens. So tell me when you went from maybe being ashamed of it, being quiet about it to start opening up and understanding it. Yes. Yeah, so I was ashamed of it for a long, long time. And it was it took a lot of maturing to kind of realize that. I am not the only person that goes through this. Yeah. It's almost, uh, to this date, it's almost commonplace. Mm-hmm. And it's really unfortunate. And um, and it took me till like I was probably 16, 17, to where like going into high school where I'm like, there's other kids that have these problems. I'm going through these same problems. And basically just, I there's no reason to be quiet about it. Yeah. Uh, and with my mindset, I've always wanted to help people through just whatever, uh, whatever they're going through. And through my story, just hopefully trying to get them to understand that just 
you're not alone. Yeah. No one's alone. I Dude, found but that you out. You feel so alone. Yeah. Not only alone, horrible. but imagine being alone and broken. See, it's that combination yeah. that really takes people down a really dark path. Did you ever come to that where you were like, man, I'm so broken? Like where you really felt like, man, there's there's not there's nothing, there's no next step. The the home life is so broken. What could be out there? Where did you find hope that in the world there was a spot for you? Um so I feel even even to this day, I still feel broken. Not yeah, as broken yeah. as You're I recovering. was before. I'm definitely still recovering. Yeah. It might even take my entire life to recover. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, but in order to kind of step out and in order to fix myself, it's it goes back. It goes into like, okay, what do I most enjoy? And as a kid, uh, I've I grew up listening to Elvis and grew up listening to all these rock and roll bands yeah. and kind of went into. Um, watching more movies, watched Quentin Tarantino, got into Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang led me into the world of hip-hop, got into Eminem, yeah. Jay-Z, um, J. Cole, Kendrick, all the greats, and I absolutely fell in love with it, and that was like my, it, felt, it feels like my calling. Now, you said you grew up in a small town, country feel. Did, were you ever like, I'm going to be a country singer, and then, and then you come out and you're like in the hip-hop game? Yeah, absolutely not in the country field. <laughs> absolutely not. I, I have respect for those country yeah, singers. Yeah, for sure. They, you got to put in work either way, no matter oh, what yeah. genre you're doing. Yeah, regardless, whether it's like you're like you're doing the most like on production or doing the most on vocals, yeah. if you're doing like a cinematic piece or an electronic piece, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You still put in that work. Um, and ultimately, it's something that you love. Um, which is for me, and I don't, I don't really exactly remember uh, how I got into all of it in the in the country aspect of it, like grunt, coming from a country town to yeah. hip hop. I just remember I'm like, don't like that. I mean, that's not that's not my vibe. Yeah, I, don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, well, people always talk about reading, um, how it offers a way to travel, offers a way for different experiences and time travel, and, but but music holds the same power and so no matter where you were you you know you just you start listening to different music wu-tang hip-hop and that just moves you man it changes the way that you think and see things and so it's funny that you say it's not funny it's just you know whatever it's it's just a i meant to say it's interesting that you say you're recovering you may be broken for a long time no one knows but but you want to get better. You have a song, you have a shirt on right now. I do. And it says, I'm fine. I'm going to play a little bit of it so y'all can hear it. And let's see if I can make this work. It's called I'm Fine. It's on his new album. The name of the album is I'm Fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but it's interesting because... I, I can kind of hear I can hear the pain a little bit Let me see how far along it takes for you to say I'm fine How deep is it into this? Uh, when you start saying I'm fine, I'm fine. I don't know the exact number It's coming up here in a second so If you're listening to this Look it up There you go The interesting thing about that is I can think of so many people that are so good at saying I'm fine and they're not right I'm fine almost becomes a natural like let me just say this so no one bugs me let me just say this so no one discovers what what's going on but you're saying I'm fine I'm fine 
there's a little sarcasm behind it. So can you tell me a little bit about that song and how it reflects to your upbringing and the challenges you're facing from like recovering from the trauma, from the experiences that you went through? Yeah, so with I'm fine, it's obviously, it's the lie that we tell ourselves whenever we're obviously not fine, no matter what the situation. Yeah. And reflecting it back onto my life, going back to where I was talking to counselors, not entirely understanding what was going on. It was just always just, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. Fine. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And it's, and I still do it to this day. Yeah. And it's, it's a really bad habit to get out of. It's hard. Um, it, it's super hard. And I'm learning to just kind of be upfront and honest when it comes to like, Hey, how are you doing in this situation? It's just like, well, there's this, there's that. But yeah. we're going to just also trying to maintain a positive outlook on it. It's just like, well, we'll get through it. Um, we we can do certain things to get to this point, and it, we should be fine. And well, ironically, the, being fine. But the, the, It's funny because the album, you know, there's expressions of you getting better. But being fine, almost uh, it's almost an indicator to say, no, don't talk to me. Don't don't dig in a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. This album is going to do the opposite for you. When people listen to it, they're going to say, bro, talk to me about what you've been through. Where did this where did these lyrics come from? So you're in essence opening up yourself for hard conversations. Yeah. Has it happened? And are you expecting that? I am. I'm always expecting it, whether I had the album or not. Um, yeah. it, this almost amplifies the fact that there is obviously something that's not okay. Yeah. Um, but basically, I, I have been asked those questions, and it's me trying to be like just tune that I'm fine out of out of my brain. Yeah. It's just that that voice just being like, you don't you dare say what's going on because it'll just ruin relationships. It'll do this. It'll do yeah, that. Yeah. Which there's a time and place. Yeah. There is a time and place. Like if it's like. I just had an album release party, and if someone were to ask me that, I'd <laughs> yeah. be like, "I'm doing great, yeah, yeah. man." I don't want to kill the um, vibe in here, you yeah, know exactly. I mean? um, but if it's like if a one-on-one -on -one setting, yeah. and it's just like, "Well, this is happening. Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. This, I am looking for guidance, but I am doing the best that I can." And um, that's really all somebody can do, mm -hmm. and it's it's a good thing to reach out, and it's why we have hotlines, yeah. and that's why my job is to prevent people from doing something they will regret doing mm -hmm. and to help them get out of a dark place. And I just, and that's another thing with Instagram, I open myself up and just talk to people. Yeah. Um, I, like say I blow up, become a huge celebrity, get a million dollar record deal. Ooh, yeah, yeah. but that's not going to change the fact that I'm still, what I'm going to do is just help people and just talk to people yeah. and I better not hear I'm fine because I know for a fact <laughs> yeah. I wrote about it and it's, you, I know you're not. Yeah. So, um, and if you are great, cool. You're a much happier person, yeah. but um, yeah, it's just all, it's just, I just need, I want people to talk to me and I want, I want people to feel open. I can give my two cents on whatever situation and have them for sure do whatever they got to do. PSA, since he mentioned that I'm going to put in the show notes, I'm going to put the suicide hotline phone number in the description below so that it's there. I never know who's listening. We never know. And so I just wanted to put that on this one since we're kind of talking some heavy stuff. I'll make sure to include that. Can you describe some of the most significant events or turning points in your life and how they shaped you to the person that you are today? Absolutely. I got a few. 
Um, so starting off high school, I want to say it's 2014 going into 2015. By the way, this cat is young. I'm okay. 22 years he's 22, old. 22, so right now. Yeah, yeah. So that way I can get an idea of his the, the gap that he's talking here. Yeah, I may look old, <laughs> but I'm young. Um, so yeah, um, 2014, 2015, um, around the same age, 14, 15. Yeah. And I was heavily into church at the time. And my mom had come to pick me up. Granted, this is in the Grapevine area. And then she had to drive me all the way to a, a town called McKinney, which mm -hmm. is a good 45 minute hour drive. Um, and that, that church was also a safe haven for whenever they found out about um, my mom and dad's alcoholism. They took me in, took care of me, yeah. made sure I had the proper guidance. So one night I was doing something at youth group. I was either leading kids or something and she had come to pick me up and she was very obviously just inebriated. Yeah. Um, and at the time it was, it was Smirnoff. I know specifically it was Smirnoff and it was, she also had painkillers because she, some, she had actually had to take painkillers for some sort of back pain, I think. Yeah. Um, I, to this day, I don't know if she was mixing the two, but if you just put two and two together, it does Absolutely. not look good. Um, so as we're driving back home, I'm not really saying much because I kind of know the vibe. I'm like, okay, this is protocol. Let me just not say anything. Let me get to where I need to be. And there have been times where she has gone off to a different direction and she would like go into people's neighborhoods, like pee in people's lawns like Dude, just extreme. extremely messed up and i'm just sitting here i'm like i should have been at my dad's house by now yeah. like what in the world so i called my dad and he goes i i hate to tell you it but you, you need to call the cops yeah. and, he, and he's like i'm also not gonna lie to you i am drunk right now and i have all like the foresight in the world to know that i am not able to pick you up so i was like okay so called called the cops on the phone and we were going in between two different counties yeah and had to keep switching stations and i'm like i just need a cop somebody to pull her over so i can yeah. go home and she had drive mid-driving yanked the phone out of my hand and was like oh he's just upset he's getting bad grades granted i was an ab student so that's just it yeah. just shows so towards the end of the night call the cops are on their way they're trying to track down my my phone or locations yeah, yeah. Um, location data and we pull over into a baylor scott and white mm. And it's, granted, it's on a school night, and it was like, I want to say like one o'clock in the morning. Wow. Because we've been driving for a while. Yeah. She just looks at me, parks the car, just tells me to get out. So, granted, being an angsty teen that I was, I just got out, didn't think too much of it, just ran. And just kind of sat there in the parking lot, just kind of just sitting there. Yeah. And called my dad again, got my cousin to come pick me up. And that ultimately shaped me into believing that, okay, this is extremely serious. I hope that one day if I have kids, never yeah. to just pick that bottle up, just regardless of whatever stressful situation. Because I'm sure there's been stressful situations she was, she was dealing with. Yeah, I'm now sure. it's... Okay, guys, so we're watching... Everyone that comes on or there's stories, a lot of people that I talk to, and there's always... Our parents are they're just a part of our lives they influence us their behavior affects us and we i never and i know you i know you'll agree with me we're never bashing on our on our parents it sounds like we're putting the, some of their stuff i talk about my parents and people are like man sam you're so wrong 
but it's just so that you never feel like you're alone. Like someone watching when I was gonna say, dude, me too, but I'm just, I respect my parents so much. I shouldn't share it. I shouldn't tell no one, but those are the things that, those are red flags. And that's yeah. the opportunity for, let's just say organizations that have certain boxes they have to check in order to provide help for you. Yeah. You have to share stuff like that. Where you're obviously comfortable sharing it. How have you become comfortable sharing something? You know, you know, pardon I me, mean, I may be using the wrong word, but these embarrassing moments for you or your parents, how have you become comfortable sharing it? Because I, first of all, I appreciate you being, being an open book. Of course, yeah. And um, this, it goes back to a conversation that I've had with my mom, basically just me learning to mature and just try and be the bigger person in this situation because yeah. there have been times where she has definitely messed up and i had to just kind of be like hey it's really unfortunate i got to be the parent in this situation yeah. and um and I, I i like how you said that we're not bashing on our parents and that's uh, a great segue into me having to say that they as of right now have gone through the rehab Good. they have gone through like sober living houses yeah. and took those steps they did them by themselves it took i mean it took a bunch of people including myself mainly to just be like you need to get help yeah and they eventually listened and it was for the better and to talk about these things it was more conversations with my mom like hey this is a part of your life this is a part of my life i'm going to tell it like how i'm going to tell it and it's healthy for me to tell it because if i don't it's just going to get more bottled up and it's just yeah. gonna be, be being bitter and angry and very unnecessarily closed off yeah and like i've talked about it on fort worth weekly talked about it on all these other podcasts but i don't think i've talked about it this in depth and it's i've just told her i'm like i'm gonna tell it like how i'm gonna tell it and i don't care if you're mad and it's and what I say, it's, I mean, it's the truth. You own half of the story, by the way. Yeah. As, you know what I'm saying? Like, for the people watching, like, if you were in it, you own half of it. So share your part and just exactly. be honest and respectful. There's a way to share it so that others can learn and maybe gain some bravery yes. from hearing you share it. Who were some of the most important people in your life and how did they influence you? Because obviously right now you're influenced by behavior, some bad decisions that can lead us to behave in a certain way. But then we have good people, people that speak life into us, motivation and encouragement. When did that show up and what comes to mind or who comes to mind? So <laughs> I got a list of people, but I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to name a few. Um, the more prominent ones right now, I am with a, uh, a label called uh, Trend Music. Um, they just, I've been, I've been with them for three years and been traveling. I've just recently moved to Fort Worth, but since me being there for three years, been driving back and forth like an hour, 30 minutes. So they're here. They're local, yeah, they're okay. local in Fort Worth. Cool, cool. They're, they're pretty prominent in the music scene. And those people have been the utmost supportive people. There's been different ways they've shown their support. Yeah. Like example, I have, um, Roan who, um, originally artist at the time and kind of grown to do engineer work production work and is now my manager nice. and he heard the album and by the way the shot time. out he's behind the camera he's, he's behind he's the here. camera you know he's like sam don't say this don't do that here's my no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> hasn't had to say nothing yet but um no yeah he the i've he told me to i told him the concept of the album um 
and he was like yeah just let me hear it let me hear demos this and that and then he he listened to it <laughs> he he just looked at me listened to it all the way through and he goes this is garbage wow. this is this is horrible yeah, i was like yeah. fair and he goes but i understand what you're trying to do and i understand what you want to accomplish let me get you there and i was like ooh I've okay. never had that before, so that's fun. So he says garbage, okay? And we think we're crazy. People who are creatives, we do something, and we, you know, we think this is the best, and I'm this is my work. Another perspective is always important. Another objective is always important. But for some people, when they're told that, dude, it just tears them up. Mm -hmm. Tell me, why did that not discourage you, or? Why didn't it grow resentment towards Rome? Rome? Rhone. Rhone. Um, and you just said, okay, I'm going to listen to you because that is not a good way to start <laughs> saying, hey, dude, I want to help you. You know, like you kind of, you suck. I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in there, but how did you overcome that? Because there's some people that can't overcome that. You know what I mean? So yeah. when I drop, I started doing podcasting. Dude, I got hate from people that knew me. Course, do this yeah. why are you doing that blah, blah. and i'm just like dude, it's hard to come back on with the same habits and i was like i don't know how to get, grow out of it so it keeps repeating in my head how did you deal with that so there is a there is a youtuber who is very well known now his name is mr beast it's gonna but there's one it, thing okay stop let me stop you there do people tell you? Yes. You I was going to bring it up. I was going to say, bro, you need to do some funny stuff and be Mr. Beast and bring him to Fort Worth, man, to do something for these kids. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've, no, just Or me. something positive. Yeah. I would, no, I'd love to do something like that. But um, no, so when it came down to like, like you know, people discouraging me, Ron mm -hmm. never discouraged me. He always no, no. gave me the proper guidance and yes. everything. And he, um, Mr. Beast was whenever he was in interviews because I was like what makes this dude tick how does he get the success that he has and he was like well if people are saying that you're garbage and if they hate you for whatever reason yeah. you're doing something right that they don't like so just continue to just build off of that yeah. that should be fuel it shouldn't be discouragement mm -hmm. um, and especially I've had a song before the album it's called Super Saiyan J literally a song about anime makes no sense yeah. made it with a buddy of mine from high school it popped off it has over half a million streams on spotify and my dms have been filled with kill yourself yeah you're garbage you're a trash human being yeah. and i'm like i just rapped about anime yeah, the analytics all show up the same i'm Someone like I, I got the receipts yeah. you know and um for a while that was it was harsh because yeah. it's just like people on the internet it's just cruel but that should just be fuel to have just to have you keep going yeah um and i'm sure even like you said in your podcast definitely now that you're here and you're actually continuing to do it you you have an understanding of what i'm talking about like people say it's trash i don't care yeah i really don't care if it's great for me and if it's something i love i'm just gonna keep doing it yeah who cares no I one's gonna it. trash my happiness over words yeah. that they say on the internet and you overcame it dude that's what i like about it by the way speaking of beast it'd be funny if you did like 
uh, a parody of one of his, but with a really, really, really low budget. Oh, that's and it's, it's, instead idea. of like 24 hours, it's like 24 seconds of standing in this circle and you're gonna get $5. And then you just keep upping it a dollar, but everyone's in on it. It'd be so funny, dude. And, oh, you know, wow. Anyways, that's okay. perfect. Focus. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna funny, do that. Man. That's actually really That'd be funny. funny, bro. Yeah. Okay, can you tell us about uh, some of the most, the best decisions that you've made and what impact they've had on your life? And here's the context. At first, you were making decisions to be open, to find help, just to grow up in a different way than what you saw at home. And then you stepped into creativity, being an artist and writing. What happened there? Like, what were some good decisions that you made or someone said, you should do this, you, you have talent, is there anything that sticks out? The entire, so there's a couple. Um, to, to keep one of them quick, the move to Fort Worth. Um, because driving an hour and 30 minutes back and forth every week has just been taxing. And I wanted to be more involved. And it's been a struggle just coming from high school to being more of an adult and more yeah. just maturing, being able to get my first apartment, and which was fairly recent. Back in September, I moved. Okay. And... Um, Welcome to Fort Worth, my man. Thanks. I'm loving it so far. I get to be close to everything. I get to go to more events. And if I wouldn't have moved, I probably wouldn't have met you, the Funky Panther people. It probably would have been a whole lot more harder just yeah. for me to come and do things. Well, I'm, I'm glad the community is showing you support and getting behind you. And, you know, just being on my pod, I'm hoping that to add to that. Um, for sure. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So, And then the, the more um, longer answer is with the creation of the album Roan being my engineer through all of it and he's like so we're gonna do things this way I under, I imagine the track being this if you have any th sorts of thoughts and ideas we'll pursue it and then we'll yeah. see if it works and it was a lot of trial and error because I haven't built up my vocal ability built up my stage presence yet and I'm still very new but um, like being a quick learner Roan can, Roan can tell you that I've been an insanely quick learner and just been adapting to, to everything and um he's just again giving me that proper guidance and it's hard to to be the creative and then take direction from someone else it's very and, difficult <laughs> whenever I, I produce podcasts you know and i'm dealing with people and they're like maybe we should do this we should do that. and i tell them look we're gonna do it my way first yeah and we're gonna hit a certain like either it'd be like 10 episodes and then after that we'll see what you want to do but you got to see what i want to do i don't want no no i don't want you to be confused about what i'm doing yeah. and what you're thinking let's do Absolutely. what i'm doing and so i have conflict with that. that's so difficult but you did it and so the message i feel like for people watching is if you're gifted and talented somebody still needs to rein in your creativity and, and point it in a certain direction. If not, you're gonna be going so wide, you'll never see any results. And the more narrow you are, the more that you can see the results. As that relationship between you and your producer got better, what have you learned from it? And how would you encourage someone to collab and to take direction from someone outside of yourself? Yeah, so it's, uh, I had, I mean, there's a really good example. There was an artist I listened to that another engineer recorded and I'm just sitting here listening to it and I've been having his mindset the entire time. It's just like, because the journey from being able to produce a lot of my own stuff and getting the criticism and the direction and everything kind of just melts together and it just becomes second nature. Like, okay, it needs to sound like this because X, Y, and Z. 
and I need to write something like this because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So like I'm hearing other artists and I'm like, like I'm hearing all these dope artists coming out. And it's just like, okay, the only criticism I'd have, like that beat needs to change. That bit, because he has like a really good hook. He has great cadence. He has all like the necessary talents vocally. It's just like, okay, the beat needs to change. This needs to be here. This gotta be here so it can, um, <coughs> it can accent something good here yeah. and um it's just I'm, I'm learning to be more uh just being able to take direction from myself and then also hopefully be able to help take correct, uh, direction for other people with what they want to accomplish basically like what roan does um just basically okay i see your vision let me do something that enhances it and that helps granted there have been some and there has been some a lot where it was just like I had to veto immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like there. there was but even being able to, to veto something is also shows how strong the relationship is because that is hard to go against creativity and then like a producer, even though they're creative, they're looking at it. They're they're two different. You're looking at it at two different approaches. Yeah. So when you veto, it's it's hard, but that also shows a good relationship. You should be able to give your if you sell your point strong enough. Why would someone not respect it? And you know, some people have a hard time doing that. They just kind of whine and cry about it as opposed to say well i see it this way and really let's try it my way and, and if it doesn't work then I, you know i'll heed your advice but I, I really feel strongly about this i don't see no one disagreeing with that and so if you're watching and you're a creative get ready man you're gonna have to take direction from other people so much and so if you're not good at it it's gonna be a big hindrance i think yeah you gotta you gotta open your mind to yeah. other people and i had to learn that the hard way <laughs> um especially from coming from somebody doing it themselves and then having now a whole team behind them yeah just you got to learn to take that criticism mold it into something positive yeah. which will ultimately make you better in the long run so what are some of the biggest challenges that you face and i, I put music and personal life but we're kind of transitioning to your music now yeah so i'm just going to say what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in music and how have you overcome them being able to overcome stage fright and like from a live setting in a studio setting live setting being able to overcome stage fright how to move how to speak how to engage with the audience and it was a really big fear of mine because i'm that self-critical part of my brain that's like you're not good enough you're not you know this is like you're, you're messing up you're messing up you're messing up and it's just being able to shut that part of the brain off and then just do what you want to do and overcoming that fear that's one of the the many things that musically i've had to um overcome and then yeah. in the studio my vocal ability yeah. is very shy and timid um especially starting to come out of my shell and talking about the things that i'm talking about i didn't know how to exert myself how to properly enunciate how to not mumble how yeah. to get what i need to say out without you know sounding a certain way yeah. and um because the way the way you write yeah and like if you're doing it on a desk with the music is not the way it's going to be produced because it's almost like it's almost monotone you're trying to just see if the words catch if the story goes and then i feel like when you go to production that's whenever you add okay right here go go hard right here come down come down go a little bit harder yep. and that's what you don't see whenever you're writing and so i have a clip from one of your songs perfect bonkers y'all take a listen and then tell me a little bit about 
some of the stuff you just shared right now, how it shows up in this one. Let me see if I can get this right. Here we go. I'ma do what I just don't do, be honest. I'ma do what I just don't do, be honest. Boy, better watch your little tongue, be cautious. Kicking ass with the yo, call me Mayweather. Fly like a butterfly, glide like a feather. Steam like a bee, like Muhammad Ali. New kid on the scene, can't do no better. Step up to the ring, you gon' see I'm a savage. None of my shit is labeled an average. Whoa. So right here, your lane. tone is like, it's almost like I feel like you have your hat down. And just like, did, was that something you learned? Was that something that you produced, you walked into? Or is this more connected to the, the natural way that, that you flow and make music? There's, with, with the album, everything's intentional. There's, I've had the idea of kind of just being so like timid and just keep my keep my head down yeah low profile until later on in the track i just blow up and um do what i need to do um there was a little bit of direction um roan saw the idea and was like that's perfect especially with it being the start it's a slow start then just explodes out of nowhere yeah um and with what i'm talking about i'm gonna do what artists don't do i'm being honest you better watch your little tongue yeah be cautious and it's just okay i just need to keep a low profile need to just put my blinders on for a second yeah. and then just do what i need to do say what i need to say and then to the point where i'm just like you know screw it i'm just gonna say what i need to say and i really don't care who's who's gonna like like who, whoever thinks about it yeah what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced in music that you've overcome and I'm asking this for someone who's at home and they're like, man, I really want to do hip hop. I want to do something musically. And you know what hinders people from doing it. Because it you said, when I talked to you, it took you three years to make this album. I'm sure there was a lot of tug of war in there. Like, it's not good enough. It's good enough. Yeah. When is it going to come out? I'm motivated. I'm not motivated. What can you tell someone who wants to tap into that type of creativity for them to keep going? You just have to find the motivation to get it started. That's it's really as, as simple as it sounds. It's really not. Um, I It takes a lot to want to get into making music because there's different elements that you have to be attuned to where it's like, okay, I got to know my keys. I got to know um, my drum patterns. I got to have an actual rhythm. And YouTube University is another one. That's what we like to call it if you don't have access to let's say like a master class where you have to spend thousands of dollars which i think is ridiculous by the way um you can find all that amazing stuff through youtube which is what i did and i produced pretty much everything on the album yeah a lot of it's me and uh, with little hints of roan and then another producer named zane loose who's part of trend um part of trend he's amazing um basically just getting started doing your research making sure what you want to do correlates with what you're searching up like if you want to do indie music okay um here are the effects that you should that you could put on um to your guitar that make it yeah. sound super lo-fi but obviously experiment there's like you, there's trial and error and that's what took a lot of this album to become what it is today there was definitely a lot of mistakes with the album with production we had to scrap a couple songs because yeah. it just didn't narratively fit yeah where um there's a good message behind them a song of that might come out but yeah. who knows yeah. um but it's just just to keep it short and sweet just start and don't let people discourage you just just keep it just keep going and eventually you'll get to where you need to be and then three years later Boom. here we are this is the album. What's the album? I'm fine, and this yes. is extra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Makuna Matata I'm the king of lines so I'ma do what I wanna Flexing on you with my Gucci and Prada All these rappers think they're better than Makuna Matata I'm the king of lines so I'ma do what I please Smoking on trees, sipping on lean Don't know about you but I know it's not me Whoa, I'ma be extra bad I'ma be extra bad for sure, I'm not playing this at the volume that it's supposed to be played. <laughs> but it hits, man. It's a heavy beat. It's a heavy message. How do you approach the creative process when you're making a new song? What inspires your lyrics and your beats? I tend to... I, I really want to change the process, but yeah. that's just normally how I've worked for the past like three, four years. I've always made the beat first there's never really much of a song idea and i'd just be cranking out beat after beat after beat almost every day until something sticks to where something sounds catchy and i'm like okay let me mold all these together and let me figure out some lyrics to see if i'm right and i'm gonna be extra about it i'm gonna be extra about it i'm like ooh, okay that that hits and then being extra about it there's different ways like there's a lot of subtlety in my lyrics there's a lot of double entendres dumb double-sided meanings to everything in that song specifically um that's one of the main things i'm proud of especially with a beat like that because i know going into the album like okay i want to make something super super trappy super just generic that sounds hard that i put a lot of effort into yeah and then i just gotta try and mask the fact that i'm preaching a decent message but ultimately with how i'm saying it with my cadence like i'm gonna be extra about it hopefully tr- getting a different demographic that normally doesn't listen to that sort of message yeah. bringing them in to preach what i want to preach hopefully it reaches them and like oh the song goes hard this is what this wasn't what i was intending to listen for but it's it, this track means a whole lot more than, than what people may think you cover a lot of ground in your album but if someone was having to write a paragraph or a few sentences on what they got out of the album, what would that be to you? What is the message that you're saying? Or is it just a story? Is it like good party music? What is it? It's both good party music and a very deep message. I want people to take away this album with, you do not have to be somebody that you're not in order Mm. to make it in any field whether you're a musician a painter um, contractor um, whatever you basically just need to be yourself throughout the entire process which is basically what the album is just it's about a rapper who is just about women money and drugs but underlying it is like he's losing his family he's losing his friends and it's very taxing and then ultimately at the end of the album it just can't take it no more ultimately kills himself at the end and it's very dark but it's very real and i just want people to understand that sure you can bump this at the club you can bump menacing at the club and have a good time yeah but ultimately if you want to be introspective and you want to listen to it that's what i would want people to take out of and learn from I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire questions and this is how we're going to close out the show up to now, dude. Thank you so much, man, for sharing what you shared. Of course. And I hope everyone that's watching gained some wisdom and some motivation. Challenges and failures, dude. I'm just telling you, it just blocks a lot of people, man. It it, it breaks them down and I love to see stories where people have overcome it. Here we go. You ready? I'm absolutely ready. What do you think or what is the key to happiness or what do you think the key to happiness is? 
loving yourself first and foremost. I've had to learn that recently. Uh, it's if you just got to be happy with yourself ultimately at the end of the day. And if you're not happy with yourself, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, um, and that is just key to success. Whatever you want to do with me, this is my happiness. Yeah. The music is my happiness. This is what makes me happy. And this is what ultimately I'm, if I'm not making money on it, who cares? That's my success. I'm able to do it. So what inspires you to create? different well from my past from other people and other artists that are have the same mindset as me um, for an example logic he was a very big inspiration he ultimately got me not to kill myself and with with big 1-800 statement. with with, with 1-800 when it came out i was like literally at my low could not have come at a perfect time yeah. and and um it's just if i can capture what he's got and just spread that message of peace, love, and positivity, like I would have done my job. Yeah. What do you enjoy doing in your free time? <laughs> Make music. Uh, it's, I mean, it's work, but it's also- You don't also, play pickleball or golf or anything like that? Um, <laughs> normally not good at those. I play, you know, to put to put a nor more normal answer where it's just not all work. I like playing 2K a lot, Yeah. NBA 2K. I'm a big basketball fan. Um, never been to a game though, but I would love to love to see Luca, the Dallas Mavericks, in action. Never been to a basketball game. Never. Okay, I would okay. Love to. It was coming so up. Nice. You're watching. You got you know extra seat. There you go. Reach out to my boy right here and take him to his first basketball game. Mavericks. It's 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 pretty fun there. Be perfect. What what do you think makes a good friend? Basically, somebody who is able to just be open and honest with you. Now, it's not about the fact of you're loyal to them or you're owed them anything. It's rather being honest. So I'm gonna do what I want. Flexing on you with my Gucci and Prada. Yeah. All these rappers think they're better is not a Akuna Matata. I'm the king of life. So I'm gonna do what I please. Swimming on trees. Just if I don't lean, don't know about you, but I know it's not me. The album's horrible. I'm gonna be extra bad. I'm gonna be extra bad. But we're gonna get you to where you need to be. I'm gonna be extra bad. I'm gonna be. That's what makes a good friend. What are you most proud of in your life so far? Being able to just do things. There has been a period of time with my anxiety where it's gotten so bad, even recently, where I just shut down and I can't do anything. Yeah. I feel like I just want to just curl up in a ball, just hibernate for like five days, yeah. come back out, see what I can do. But in order to shut that part of my brain off and be like, this isn't going to, like, this anxiety is not going to go away until I figure something out. Until I until I'm ultimately able to just defeat whatever's going on that's causing this. Mm -hmm. And then everything else is smooth sailing. Yeah, much, much luck on that journey. And I really, you know, I'm rooting for you. Of course. What do you hope to achieve in the future? To reach somebody. I might do that already. And I might, if I'm not, might achieve it a couple of days from now, weeks from now, years from now. That will always be my goal. I've joked around with my managers being the hip-hop Mr. Beast. If I make money, give it back, do charity, yeah. do stuff like that. But my ultimate goal is just to help people. And I know it sounds corny, but that's just growing up how I grew up. I could have grown up, like, grown up a completely different person. Mm -hmm. Could have grown up an addict. By all means, be corny. 
Yeah, so I just, mean, if that's the case, yeah, right? I, I would rather be corny than being than shooting up heroin, drinking a whole bunch of alcohol, doing all the things that would ultimately ruin my life or other people's life. So if I can help people put them down a better path to be successful, that is my goal. I think that's my purpose here. Thank you so much. Of course, it's a pleasure. That's all we got for today's episode, the Feld Podcast. We hope that uh, that you enjoyed hearing our guest's story and how he has overcome challenges to find success in unexpected ways. Remember, failure is not a is not something to be feared, but rather an opportunity for growth and self discovery. Embrace it, learn from it, and use it as fuel to prepare propel you to your goals. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review on your favorite podcast platform, and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Join us on the next time for more inspirational stories of failure and success on the Felt Podcast. J-Boy, thank you for joining us today. Everything will be in the show notes. And y'all have a good one. We'll see y'all on the next one.